Welcome to Backyard Philosophy, a podcast where a couple friends grab some cold ones, sit around the fire, and talk about science, philosophy, and history. Crack one open, sit back, and get a good laugh as we discuss everything from automation to why the meaning of life is 42. Tis the night before Christmas, and Colonel Thayer said, No eggnog for you, cadets. How off to bed. Colonel Thayer then laid down to rest his weary head, thinking that all of West Point cadets have gone to bed. Little did he know, some rascals in the mist have already planned a party in celebrate of old St. Nick. But before I tell this story, Nick, how you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing good. I'm recovered from my hangover, and I'm drinking some dead guy ale. I'm joining you with some wild turkey rye whiskey, and I really believe you're going to enjoy this story, Nick. Eggnog, riots, and history, all tied together in a nice bow, and just in time for the holidays. I am a fan of uh, most of those things. Not a big eggnog guy, though. You will be after this story. Now, West Point, a famous United States military school, stocked full of traditions and history, has a interesting hiccup in their history, which is just perfect for this holiday season. In the winter of 1826, in West Point, New York, for the first time, alcohol and booze were off the limits for Christmas. Previously, alcohol celebrations were allowed at West Point on two special occasions, the 4th of July, celebrating American history, and Christmas, until the previous year, in 1825, on July 4th, when some cadets engaged in a so-called, and I quote, snake dance, which is a story for another time. But still, these cadets in 1826, still feeling the holiday cheer, and still wanting to drink and be merry, despite the new rules of a ban on, and I quote, any spiritus or intoxicating liquor, the West Point Christmas of 1826 would be the wildest of them all. Some quick knowledge, Colonel Sevilius Thayer had become head of the academy in 1817 and had some very strict rules. And I do mean strict. No cards, no tobacco, not even novels were allowed. The list goes on from there. So needless to say, the cadets had no outlets when the colonel took over. So not to be deterred and still wanting to drink, they hatched a plan for a holiday party. Classic. I, I do want to point out Americans, known for being rule followers. <laughs> Especially young military men from ages like 17 to 22. Really going to stop them from drinking? Well, we've, we've tried to do it once. <laughs> oh. So, the cadets needed to prepare for this festival holiday. So the cadets, days before Christmas Eve were sinking booze into the academy. Gallons of rum, whiskey, brandy, and wine. And I do mean gallons. They even used a boat to sneak across the adjacent river to go on a booze run at a bar on the opposite side to pick up more liquor. So needless to say, when Christmas Eve did come, the cadets were more than prepared. Also, Nick, talk about one hell of a beer run. One cadet, who was quite involved with this Christmas party, and I quote, had a fondest for booze and rebellious streak, was none other than Jefferson Davis. The same Jefferson Davis that would go on to be the president of the Confederacy 
during the American Civil War. Jefferson Davis definitely had some authoritarian issues. But on Christmas Eve, once the officers and administrators went to bed, and with all the booze prepared, the cadets' party began and began to spread. At first, the party was small. But, Nick, as you know, when you have a party, things get quite loud. And they began to grow and grow and grow. And by four in the morning, the noise of the party was getting so loud, it spreaded from where the cadets were staying in the dorms to one of the officer quarters of a Captain Ethan Allen Hitchcock, to be specific. The captain rose from his bed and began marching straight to the party. The captain burst into the room where Davis said that Hitchcock was on his way. Hide the booze. A little late there, Davis. Just not a good lookout. Yeah, we all have that one friend who's... Yeah, cop, cops come in or something like a uh, noise complaint or something. Cops knock on the door and yells, oh shit, it's the cops. Day late, dollar short. It goes back all the way to the 1800s. But the captain burst in where Davis and the party was happening. And Hitchcock, the captain, arrested Davis and tries to do the rest of the partiers. But Nick, if you had to take a guess on what was going to happen next, what would it be? And just a reminder... These are young military men living in a dorm-like facility and were just told to stop drinking and partying. What do you think happened? Well, I think your foreshadowing uh, led me to believe that there's going to be a riot or a prison break of some sort. Nail on the head, my friend. Well, the cadets were not happy with the captain that tried to shut down their party. So, in an intoxicated state, they decided to wreak havoc on the captain and all of West Point. The cadets threw sticks at the captain's door, threw rocks through his windows, even tried to break down his door. Not stopping there, they then raided the armory, running around the entire academy with swords, muskets, and bayonets. They even shot one time at the poor captain. Two officers that woke up during this commotion were jumped by some cadets and were assaulted. This so-called party, which was now more of a riot, didn't stop until about 6 in the morning. On that Christmas morning, when all the cadets were ordered to get in line as per usual, half, the south half of the Kami, which did not have the party or nor were participated in the party, were well rested, sober, and standing in attention. The other half, the binge drinking, sword playing northern half, were heavily hung over. Their dorms had broken windows, nearly all the furniture was smashed, the stairs had mysteriously lost all of the railings, and the floors were covered with broken plates, glasses, and cups. Nearly one-third of the 260 cadets that participated in this so-called party, so imagine 85-ish military age, stu- college students drunk off gallons of whiskey, having swords and muskets to play with when hammered. Yeah, it's going to lead to an interesting night, to say the least. The cadets who did not participate in these so-called festivals gave the partiers a name for their historical night, the Eggnog Riot. Now, what to do with all these troublemakers who were involved in the Eggnog Riot? You can't expel them. I just want to say those uh, those kids who didn't participate and showed up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, those people are formally referred to as nerds. Wait until I tell you who some of those nerds are, because they are some historical people. Now, what's to do with all those troublemakers once involved in, that were involved in the eggnog riot? You can't expel them, because West Point is still, at this point, relatively new. 
So expelling a third of your students would destroy the reputation and the future of your community. But yet, some punishment must be done. 22 of the cadets in the eggnog riot were placed under house arrest, including Jefferson Davis himself. And after weeks of investigation and court-martials, which began on January 26, 1827, nearly a month-plus of after the event, a court-martial began against 18 cadets and one soldier. The court heard testimony from 167 witnesses of the party, including the eyewitness cadet Robert E. Lee, who would later become a general for the Confederacy during the American Civil War. So, Nick, imagine throwing a party... Where so many people witnessed your chaos of muskets, bayonets, and swords, where there were 167 people able to show up to your trial to explain what happened. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. The court lasted until about mid-March, where all 19 cadets were found guilty and sentenced to be dismissed. Eight of those 19 would be saved from a recommendation of clemency and five would actually end up graduating from West Point, which is surprising. 53 others, not including the 19, would receive lesser punishments, including Davis himself. And I don't know about you, Nick, but when I think military school, I imagine a lot of exercise involved with those lesser punishments, especially when you're supposed to become an officer and a role model, needless to say. Yeah, I mean... The worst would be to do that punishment right then and there. I was super hungover. <laughs> I would love to see the the looks on the other third or two-thirds of cadets who look over and just see all their friends, their buttons are mismatched, their hats are slouched over, they can't stand up straight, they're probably throwing up on their boots. That's got to be a sight to see of a whole cadet squadron just puking their brains out over a hangover during the 1800s. And Nick, I have a little poem I have for this for you because I don't know why, but I feel like this eggnog riot should definitely be turned into a comedy skit somehow, somehow or some form. But I wrote something that kind of goes like this. Young and old, far and near, this Christmas season, many are filled with beer. Drink with cheer and be glad, but don't drink too much or you might feel bad. Drink with family and friends of old. Make sure your beard does not have mold. Drink the spirits with galore, but try not to make a mess on the bathroom floor. With Christmas season here at last, let's try not to repeat the mistakes of the past. When cadets get booze, they are definitely not quiet. Now, Nick, you know of the eggnog riot. I do love the fact that Robert E. Lee was in there. And Jefferson Davis. And Jefferson Davis. On so opposite sides Davis, of the fence. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Lee was narking on Davis. Just goes to show you, those Confederates, both rebelous and not following the rules, and also a snitch. Can't trust those Confederates. You really, you, yeah, uh, narking on a party. I thought you stood. <laughs> not even narking, just full on testifying. And they're going to try and try and say that they were fighting against authority or he was fighting against authority and he narked on his buddies for drinking oh that also that poor captain who just woke up in the middle of the night to deal with some noise he's like all right the 12 of you in room five you guys are gonna calm down you're gonna go back to your quarters and you're gonna stay there until i figure out what to do with you nope we're just gonna go grab the 
weapons from the armory and we're gonna have fun with you <laughs> one question though i do have from this which i had a hard time finding colonel thayer who like i said took over position in 1817 bit of a stick in the mud very strict i couldn't really quite find how he felt or reacted to this there was no journal entry no really court thing it was the colonel who was a strict follower of the rules and created some rules that were very strict for the cadets just kind of went quiet after this nick could you imagine going to a school where they don't even allow playing cards or novels wouldn't be surprised if we reverted back to that and not too far future but if i had to guess he probably placed them on double secret probation <laughs> you're gonna run till you puke and then run some more Ugh. i enjoyed this with the christmas season of no matter how far away from history we get we're still the same people still today the fraternities and sororities are still drinking way 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 too much than they should be especially when they have either p.e or some other physical task they need to do in the morning. It seems like history never changes, Nick. Yep, and if any university officials or IFC people are listening, fraternities do in fact not drink or do anything of that nature, and look the other way, please. Yes, they're they're all good Christians. They're all, they're all innocents, and they've done nothing wrong. Can confirm. But with this Christmas season right around the corner, I think it's important to realize... How far, yet how similar we are to our ancestors, and how everyone can come together after a cold glass. Hell, Nick, thousands of miles separate me and you, but yet we have some cold drink in our hand. So cheers to you, and cheers to everyone else. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.